Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. And I think this proverb speaks to this dynamic of the reason why they don't think they've done anything wrong is because they don't think they've done anything wrong. I haven't, I haven't hurt anybody. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done any wickedness. Forget admitting they've done anything wrong. Why would they admit they've done anything wrong if they don't think they've done anything wrong? There's nothing to admit to. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Proverbs. We all make mistakes. All of us have sinned against God. God is merciful and gracious, and He will forgive us if we ask for forgiveness. So what is your natural response to messing up? Do you admit your mistake and ask God for grace, or do you deny your sin and make excuses? Sin wants us to deny accountability. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in Proverbs chapter 30 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. There is a generation whose teeth are like swords and whose fangs are like knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. Wow. Is it? just me, or is that an apt description of this generation? This uh, imagery, I mean, wow, teeth like swords, fangs like knives. You know, the way, and I think it's probably easy for People my age to, you know, the the kids these days, you know, that kind of thing. But have you heard how they talk nowadays? Oh my goodness. I mean, it's like fangs. I mean, it's so like swords, so vile, so foul, so filthy. I mean, you just want to take that soap. Just get it in there. and Verse 15. The leech has two daughters. I love it when there's a personification of God's wisdom. And here's a case in verse 15. So we have... Two daughters. The leech has two daughters. You want to know what their names are? Give and give. They're the same name. Now, we're going to have this expounded on. (laughs) There are three things that are never satisfied. Four never say enough. And here's what they are, verse 16. The grave. Never enough. The barren womb. Never enough. The earth that is not satisfied with water, and number four, the fire, never says enough. Verse 17 is a 
proverb that I think we may have traumatized our children with. Let me read it. I'm sure you're familiar with it. The eye that mocks his father and scorns obedience to his mother, the ravens of the valley will pick it out and the young eagles will eat it. Now, for an eight-year-old, and you know when you're having devotions, and you say, let's turn to Proverbs chapter 30, verse 17. I'm going to talk to you about how that when you roll your eyes at us, be careful because you might want to start looking now, because the birds are going to come and they're going to pluck those eyes out of your head. It is a deterrent. It does... You know, it, it just, it, it, you just put the fear of God, you know, at a young age. That's actually not what it's saying. I wish it did, because how cool would that be? Basically what it's saying is, when you mock your father, and God takes this very seriously, by the way, when you scorn the obedience to your mother, when you dishonor your mother and your father, God takes that very seriously. And so seriously that it could cost you your life. And this imagery of a dead carcass, and you have to understand in Jewish culture, this is unthinkable, that a body would remain unburied. Even in my Arab culture in the Middle East to this day, this is unthinkable. There has to be this proper burial, but this very graphic description is of a rebellious child that is such that it will cost them their life, and in their death the vultures will surround them, the ravens will pluck at their bodies. I mean it has a, a much needed strength to it, and for good reason. Of all of the commandments, the fifth commandment, right smack in the middle of the Ten Commandments, God's perfect law, the only commandment that has a blessing, a promise packaged with it, for lack of a better way of saying it. Honor thy father and thy mother, so that the days upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee may be long, carrying with it the idea of you'll live a long and blessed and prosperous life. And conversely, you dishonor your mother and your father, and this is your lot. This is what will happen. Now, why does God take it so seriously? I think that's a good question to answer. Because it is a picture, a type, pointing to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. You know, the whole family unit is a microcosm, a picture of our Heavenly Family. He's our Heavenly Father. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. We are siblings in Christ, if I can say it that way. As the church of Jesus Christ, we are the bride of Christ. He is the bridegroom. And there's going to be this huge wedding. 
the wedding with the Lamb, the Lamb of God. We're the bride of Christ. It's all, this, this is why it is, I believe, that God hates divorce. God doesn't hate the divorced. God hates divorce. Why? Number of reasons, chief of which is that marriage, the marriage covenant, is a picture of our marriage covenant, the new covenant that we have in Jesus Christ, which we're going to be celebrating tonight. As Jesus says, this is the blood of the new covenant. He is speaking as a bridegroom to his bride. That's why God hates divorce. Also, I believe God hates divorce because of what divorce does to the divorced. The absolute destruction and the pain that it causes. Verse 18, there are three things which are too wonderful for me. Yes, four which I do not understand. And they are, verse 19, the way of an eagle in the air. Um, It's been a while since I've seen an eagle soar, but I remember many years ago on the mainland when I, I just watched this eagle in just absolute wonder. You don't, you don't see an eagle striving, you know, flapping its wings, trying to, I mean, it just takes the, the wind and the air, and it just soars ever so beautifully and majestically. It's wonderful. Now we, we come back down to earth, and it's the way of a serpent on a rock. Now I know that the women are not particularly fond of observing snakes, and thank God we don't have snakes here on the island, but on the mainland there's plenty snakes. And you think about it, they don't have feet, they don't have, you know, anything with which to crawl or move, they just slither and move quickly, by the way. The third one, and this is interesting, the way of a ship in the midst of the sea. I was thinking about this. You have these huge ocean liners. How much do those things weigh? You know, whenever they have a cruise ship that I have never been on, by the way, when they're docked here in Honolulu, so you'll drive by and, I mean, those things are huge. How much do those things weigh? And yet, they don't sink. That's, that's uh, too wonderful for me. That's too high for my understanding. And then this last one, this fourth one, I, I need to explain this one because it's the way of a man with a virgin. You know how wonderful it is when you see a young couple in love? Oh, just so, I mean, when you, I was thinking about when my wife and I first met. We met in church, actually, in 1986, 30, how many years ago now? 34 years ago or whatever it was. And, oh, we were so, I mean, we courted for two years. And I think we just probably looked so silly. 
and the, and the way we would talk to each other. And oh my goodness, we were always holding hands. We didn't hold hands for the first four months, by the way. And, and we, you know, we kept it. We wanted, we wanted God to bless our relationship, and we kept it pure. And, but I mean, the way we would talk to each other, and it was just, I mean, and I would always open the door for her, being the godly, godly man that I am. You know, when you're, when you're first courting, you, you open the door, and then, you know, after you've been married for a few years, it's like, come on, hurry up, get in, what's the matter with you? We're late. My, how things change. <laughs> it's just young love, young love. It's just wonderful. Now you got another kind of abrupt turning of a corner with a contrast here. Verse 20. This is the way of an adulterous woman. She eats and wipes her mouth and says, I have done no wickedness. What's this saying? Well, there are some people who will never admit that they've done anything wrong. And I think this proverb speaks to this dynamic of the reason why they don't think they've done anything wrong is because they don't think they've done anything wrong. I haven't, I haven't hurt anybody. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done any wickedness. Forget admitting they've done anything wrong. Why would they admit they've done anything wrong if they don't think they've done anything wrong? There's nothing to admit to. Verse 21, for three things the earth is perturbed. I like that word. Not a word we use very often, right? When was the last time you heard somebody say, well that just really perturbs me? What? What does it mean to be perturbed? Perturbed. I think I remember, if I'm not mistaken, I had a, uh, in um, elementary school, I had a teacher that said that word a lot to me, <laughs> because I, I perturbed her. I upset her, unsettled her. Yes, for four, it cannot bear up. This is, this is perturbing, <laughs> unsettling. You cannot reconcile this. You cannot bear up under this. What are they? Verse 22, for a servant when he reigns, a fool when he is filled with food, a hateful woman when she is married. Understand in that culture in that day there were arranged marriages. And fourthly, a maidservant who succeeds her mistress. The common denominator with all four of these that are so perturbing, <laughs> I just want to say it one more time, perturbed, is because they are ill-suited. It just doesn't fit. A servant who reigns, the, cannot bear up under a hateful woman when she is married, a maidservant who succeeds her mistress. They, the common denominator is they don't fit. They are put 
in these positions for which they are not suited. Verse 24, there are four things which are little on the earth. You get the impression that Agur liked lists. Number one, number two, number three, number four. And then here's, here's the list. This is my perturbed list. Okay, I just had to say it one more time. <laughs> and this is, my, this is this list and this list. Some of you are laughing because you're list people too. You know who you are. So this is another list now. These are four things on this list which are little on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. The first one, verse 25, the ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Uh, there's a proverb uh, we uh, talked about earlier that basically goes like this. It, it says to the slugger, that's another one of those words you don't hear very often, but it's one of those words that just sounds like what it is, you sluggard. You're a sluggard. I mean, it's just one of those words that, you know, I'm, so I'm just going to say it a couple more times. And, but so to the sluggard, th- there's this, this uh, proverb that says to the sluggard, take a look at this ant. Watch this ant, this small little ant. Watch how hard it works. It, it takes and it stores up its food during the times of scarcity in the winter, and it does it during the summer. They're hard workers, those ants. Boy, I tell you, I, I, I never knew ants until we moved to Hawaii. Man, them buggers, they'll, I mean, armies of ants. I mean, you leave just a little bit of food out there on the kitchen counter, woo, out of nowhere. How did they even get in? I don't know. On the mainland many years ago, um, I'm sitting in my office, and I love popcorn, right? And I I think there's going to be popcorn in heaven. In fact, I'm pretty sure there's going to be popcorn in heaven. and it's going to be totally calorie-free, cholesterol-free, everything-free. But anyway, I'm sitting in my office, and I'm eating popcorn. And I drop, uh, you know, popcorn on the floor, and I'm looking over uh, at this ant. I mean, this little itsy-bitsy ant, and it is carrying this huge... I mean, what is it, like 500 times the size of the ant is this huge popcorn? And it's struggling, trying to, you know, carry this thing. And I immediately thought of the Proverbs. And it it dawned on me, this ant has read the Bible. (laughs) Because this is exactly what it says. This is what they do. They're so small. I mean, they're not strong, this little ant carrying this huge piece of popcorn, storing it. Anyway, just, man, amazing. And God created that ant that way. Man, exceedingly wise. Yet they prepare their food in the summer. Verse 26, the rock badgers are a feeble folk, yet they make their homes in the crags. That's how they're protected. Rock badgers, they look like... Uh, easy prey. 
They're like a pot pie for the, you know, birds, the fowl of the air, to swoop down and, and pick them up. But yet they, they, they make their, the, their hiding places, their shelter in the rock. I think that's an interesting picture, isn't it? Who, who's our rock? <laughs> Who do we hide in? Who do we find refuge in? Our rock is Jesus Christ. Verse 27, this is uh, something that's applicable today in other places in the world. The locusts, do you realize they have no main locusts? Okay, let's swarm in this direction. (laughs) The locusts have no king, yet they all advance in ranks. I think about other different, you know, Insects like bees, God's creation, they have an order that is so magnificent. I watched documentaries on bees one time. I was so blown away. I mean, I'm like, God, you created those bees that way to do that? I'm still asking the Lord why He made cockroaches. But that's another sermon for another time. We could talk about that some other. I have somebody, I mentioned that one time about cockroach. I still cannot figure out, you know, God, you could have skipped the cockroaches. Really, you could have. Especially those, what we call 747s, you know, the ones that, I mean, those things, those are passenger jets, those things that fly. So I had an online member (laughs) comment, said, if you only knew about cockroaches, Um, They are so intelligent, so incredibly intelligent. And I I believe it. You know, you put out the traps, or they're they're over there going, (laughs) how much did you pay for that trap? They're laughing at you. Anyway, again, I don't know why God created them, but they're not in here. They're not one of the things. They would have been on my list, but they're not on His, so... So we have these locusts, they, they advance in ranks, but they have, they have no king. And then you have, verse 28, the spider skillfully grasps with its hands, and it is in king's palaces. I was thinking about geckos. This, aren't geckos interesting? I don't like those big brown, gray, black ones. I don't like those ones. Is that okay if I don't? The green ones are really cool. It's like they're glow in the dark. I wish we had more green ones then. They're more like in Hawaii Kai, but in Kailua they're all... But anyway, enough of my problems with cockroaches and geckos. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Our time with you is coming to an end today, but that doesn't mean you have to stop learning from God's Word. We encourage you to read the Bible yourself. You can start in Proverbs, where Pastor J.D. left off, or turn to another book. Each one holds information, encouragement, and instruction that will be beneficial to you. Are you part of a community of believers? If you haven't yet found a church that you can call home, we'd like to encourage you to make that a top priority. A church family can be a source of support and comfort, and most importantly, a group of faithful prayer warriors. This is also a place you can serve and encourage others too, and where you can be challenged to dive deeper into your relationship with Christ. 
If you're in the Kaneohe area, you have a standing invitation to be part of our family of believers. Come join Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. You can find out more and get directions at our website, inspiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, be sure to check out Pastor J.D.'s additional teachings as well as his Mideast Prophecy Updates. We also have some helpful resources, too. You'll find Pastor J.D.'s ABCs of Salvation there, a great way to share the simplicity of the gospel message with friends and family. That's all available at our website. Again, that's in spiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time for more from Proverbs, right here on In Spirit and Truth. Call me, me true, true.